Hello, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with Slenderella. And your co-hosts for this show are Baldo at Tex-Mex Yogi and Nurse Doza. We're super excited to bring this episode to you today. Special feature of our Vitamunity Daily Packs. They are still on sale when you bundle them with Bliss. You can use these to help boost your immune system overall. There's a couple specifically antiviral nutrients in these stacks. And then Bliss, of course, is a dopamine booster that helps increase your mood. I know tensions are kind of high, people are stressed and scared, and we're kind of more overall stuck inside. So this is an incredible stack that we're very proud of. And when you bundle the two products together, you get 20% off of the bundle and we donate 10% of proceeds to the ATX Hospitality Fund by Prep to Your Door, which is servicing people in our community that are struggling in this time of need. So help yourself, help the community feel better, and we're going to get through this together, y'all. Okay, before I introduce our guest... The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Today's How Do You Health podcast guest is Vasavi Kumar. She is a therapist and she just got back from a month-long training in India for yoga. So that's super exciting. You guys are really going to like this conversation that she has with the boys. And I'm going to introduce her now. <laughs> Here is Vasavi Kumar on the How Do You Health podcast. All right, guys, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. We have a brand new guest. First time, Vasavi. You've been coming, you've been uh, with us for a while now, I guess, like maybe like a four or five months. Yeah, since about um, October. So, I went, yeah, right before I went for to your India. Trip. Yeah. Yeah. M- met at an event, like yeah. uh, like the way that we met many people. She's a therapist, a coach, and a speaker. Yes. And uh, we're going to be talking about some health. She just got back from Indi- yeah. India. Yeah. She's, you spent a, like a month or two? I spent a month there for um, yoga teacher training. 
uh, what I realized was though, because I'm not teaching yoga right now, I went for myself to reset. I went so I could just go back to the motherland. I love India. Every time I go back to India, it brings me back to like a very pure, beautiful place. And I came back and I just had to reset. So was there like a little point where you were like, oh, this is for me instead of like the teaching or was that after? I think I realized after I came back and I was not like gung-ho about teaching and I, but I got deeper in my own practice and I was just making sure that I was practicing every day. For me, it was more like, you know, I've always taught everything that I've learned and I, I've, I like that's just always been my mindset. I'm going to teach what I learned. But then for me with this, it was like, maybe I don't need to teach this. Maybe I just learned this for myself. So that's I cool. Think I, I came back in December and I think I kind of yeah. knew that beginning of January. And a, l a lot of times that's that's probably how you become a best teacher when you like when you really take them mm -hmm. for yourself right we also have nurse doza here we're going to talk some vitamins and health and and uh, probably going to mention coronavirus virus because that's going on for those of you that uh if you're listening like four years from now um <laughs> just you you might remember this period what is coronavirus uh, but uh, and i'm tex-mex yogi so let's uh yeah let's get this started so you've had a bit of a transformation i guess since we actually met like we if it's cool to share, um, we won't get into too much detail, but... Oh, it's okay, I'm an open book. Yeah, you're open you book. That? So we met, like, <laughs> kind of when you were in a big transitional period in your life, right? Yes. Yeah, so you were going through several personal changes, and I remember you were almost kind of, like, looking for your next next calling, mm -hmm. right? That's what it was. And so your trip to India was, I think, that, right? Because you came back kind of renewed, and you were different and all that. So what did, what did your trip to India teach you? Well, first... I, I want to just say that I think it's important that if we're like at that crossroads and we're just kind of like, what am I doing with my life right now? You know, you, you ever have that moment sometimes where you look around and you're like, what am I doing right now? And that's because I, I was new in recovery. So I'm almost a year sober as of next Thursday. And awesome. I just, thank you. I just gone through a breakup. So mm -hmm. it's my first time being single in 15 years. I'm a serial monogamist. So, you know, officially single. And when I went to India, I allowed myself to really just unplug from everyone and I was forced to be by myself. Like, yes, I was with people in my yoga teacher training, but at night I had to come back to my room by myself. I didn't even have my dog. And what I realized was I was, uh, I did not like being alone, but because I gave myself the time to be there alone, I had to deal with the darkness that I had been running from, which is why I'd always sought to alcohol, to drugs, to men money I had always been chasing and even though I was in recovery there was that one like one little layer that I think I had to be completely revealed which was people people yeah. were always my addiction men were always my addiction relationships were always my addiction I'd always needed you know something or someone to make me feel complete so going to India coming back made me realize I'm okay yeah I'm okay as I am yeah, yeah on my own that's incredible because I know you said like they were going to take away your phones and you were going to basically like disconnect from the entire world and all that, which is kind of what we're doing right now, but we still are connected. We're, we're not connected physically for a lot of times, but like mentally though, when you disconnect, you have to still deal with all the stuff that you've been dealing with for years, mm -hmm. right? Just because you're no longer drinking or you're no longer in the relationship, you're still left with those emotions and those mm -hmm. thoughts. And so you started sorting them out. And now you're you're back, and you you have this new path that you've been embarking mm -hmm. on. So tell us about that. So the path. So I got to say this: the beauty of going to India, and I, I don't think I actually ever answered your question. The beauty of me going to India and coming back is that when I was in my addiction, mm -hmm. I come 
completely lost all connection to my physical body. And I was not connected to my body anymore, right? Like I've, I just dissociated most of the time. So going to India and having to get on the mat every single day and practice and kind of really observe myself from a place of like, oh, this, this feels weird, or I haven't done this, or wanting to give up. I could really, I was able to really look at that relationship between my mind and my body, and what I realized is I give up very quickly. I had to confront myself with, I, I was confronted with that fact about myself, like I give up so easily, like I, I push everyone else, I'm everyone else's cheerleader, but when it comes to me, I give up so easily with myself. So I really was able to reestablish that relationship to this physical body that I, I think I'd lost so much touch with. Um, and so now where I'm at, back in my business, working with people one-on-one -on -one as a coach, helping people get out there, being seen, being heard, sharing their story, I do want to say that everything that I'm doing in my business, okay, this, and this is, I just had this like realization the other day. I was saying this to my dad, actually. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm, I am doing the same thing that I've always done in my business, but it's coming from a very different place. Like my, my messaging is the same. My marketing is pretty much the same too. You, you, like everything that I'm doing is the same, but it's coming from a very different place. So, you know, really taking that time to go to India and come back get sober, stay sober, it's easy to get sober, it's not so easy to stay sober, and not running away from the thoughts in my mind and having to deal with the range of emotions and essentially quarantining myself this past year has allowed me to show up with more confidence, with more conviction, and with a lot more clarity. And it's also made me feel very comfortable in my skin. One thing that I, I never used to do is um, public speaking because I never really felt quite comfortable in my body, not like a physical inhibition, not that I didn't want to show up physically, but I always felt like an imposter because I was le leading such a double life back in the day. And now I can show up anywhere and I'm, I feel really good about wh who I am because I know that who I am out there, out in the world, right? This persona is actually the same Vasavi that you'll find if you see me chilling at home with my golden retriever, Lainey. And that's, that's a very good feeling. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> but it's amazing that that trip. Honestly, so you say it. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I had question marks with you. I really didn't know where you were going to be at. And I was praying honestly that this trip was going to change your life around. Okay. I mean, it really was. And I only say this because, like, I've even talked to your mom about you at that time. You know, like your mom called me and I was talking to her, and so we, we were both, you know, <laughs> concerned. Explain why you talked to your mom. Okay. Because that's not normal, folks. Not yeah. Even does it will not get on the phone with them. Yeah, I don't. I don't normally get with 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 people's moms. And it's also about part them. of your mom being your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what happened was, I, I guess I'll, I'll share this if you're cool with it. Yeah. Um. So, you came to us, and you were looking for for ways to address your 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 mood, right? Yeah. I will just say it plain and simple, and um, you were like, well, what do you have for us? And we're a vitamin bar. So I was like, well, we have vitamins that could help with your mood. And from a scientific standpoint, maybe it might help your serotonin and your dopamine. And so it made sense to you. You were getting the shots. You said it helped. You could even tell, like, this shot works well with me. With this combination, this one is not so good. I like this other one. And so when that was happening, your mom was kind of watching the transition, like trying to see you, like, find yourself, right, looking for something almost to, like, this is going to give me hope to where I can like, pull myself out of this stuff. And your mom being your mom, was concerned because here it is you're coming here and you're getting these vitamin injections and your mom's a doctor 
and was like, what is this guy doing and giving you what vitamins? Like, why is he giving you vitamins? And so um, being the medical doctor she is, she was wanting to be very technical. And it's like, explain to me why my daughter's coming to you getting these shots. I don't think she needs this stuff. (laughs) That's what she came out and said. That was the introduction. And I was like, oh, well, it's nice to meet you too. Um, But, you know, what we're doing (laughs) is we're, we're helping her. How are you helping her? You know, that's what she was asking. So, but she said, towards the end of the conversation, it was incredible because <coughs> I didn't honestly know how the conversation was going to end because it was kind of like I had to defend myself to her. I have to defend myself to my mother every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, we're really trying to help her and we really just care about her. I said, I know I don't know, obviously, as long as you have, but like in the short time I have, like, we really want to help her get better and we want to help her situation and that's all we're trying to do and your mom was like well of course that's all I want as a mom and so she was that concerned but you could feel like it wasn't it was half doctor half mother having a conversation towards me about caring for her vulnerable daughter and so you could tell that there was very a lot of sincerity in that conversation concerning you and I know as soon as you got off the phone, like you were texting me like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, is everything OK? And I was like, no, it's fine. She's very sweet. She's, she's a mom. She cares about you. And so it was cool because I think after that, you left very shortly. Like maybe I think you got one more injection like right before you left. I, ha- I had my last injection like yeah, two days before my flight. I left October 27th. Yeah. Or 29. Yeah, October 27th to go to India. And I, I think there needs to be a little context with this. So. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 20 years old. So at 20 years old, I was put on a cocktail of medications, Depakote, Topamax, Risperdal. I mean, I went from being 130 pounds to 175 pounds within probably eight months. And um, like doped up, like I could not even get out of bed. My appetite was insatiable. And I grew up in a house with doctors, right? My mother's a cardiologist, my sister's an oncologist. So the natural tendency is to say, well, okay, you got a problem, you got to take a pill. And me being 20 at the time, and I'm 37 now, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to feel the way I feel, right? Because I was manic, I was depressed, I was mostly manic. Um, but no one ever took that. And, and you know, we, we were living in New York, I'm from New York, and um, went to the, one of the best psychiatrists, Dr. David Ginsburg on Lexington Avenue, you know, 500 bucks a session. So obviously he knows everything, right? And uh, went on a bunch of medications. No one's questioned it. I think at the time, the initial reaction is always, we just want her to get better. But no one really goes to the root of the problem. I had to do that myself. I had to get to the root of my own issues, uh, my own wounds, my own pain, my own darkness. And it's taken, I would say, 17 years, right? Because that was when I was given that label of being bipolar. And I've done a lot of research. And I'm very grateful for that label and that diagnosis because that set me on a path to really understand my mind. Like, if this is a mental illness, I better start getting to know my mind. If it's a, a disease of the mind, just like addiction, it's a disease of the mind. And so um, now I'm medication-free. I think that needs to be said. That So at the end of November, I went to, uh, to an Ayurvedic doctor in India, and I studied Ayurveda myself. And, you know, I was just always so afraid to get off medication because I was always told by my family, like, well, what happens if you have a manic episode? And what? Yeah. So I'm living in fear, like, gotta take my lithium, gotta take my Lamictal, and then I get diagnosed with hypothyroid, okay, gotta take Synthroid, and it's always one after another. But me being who I am, and this is why it's so important that no matter where you get help from, you gotta 
you you got to educate yourself about yourself. Don't just blindly like even if you give me something, I'm going to research it. Yeah. I trust you, but I also want to know myself and I think that's the best type of collaboration to have, right? Yeah. So, I'm off medication now. It's been um November 27th is when I like Thanksgiving-ish, right? So December, January, February, almost four months. And I got to say, I've never felt better. Before it was, you know, you're taking mood stabilizers to keep you right here. Yeah. But on the inside, my soul is like screaming to get out, right? Yeah. So anger isn't just like, I'm angry. It's complete mania, rage. And that's the truth. And sadness isn't just like, oh, I'm sad. It's like complete despair. And now I feel like I'm just kind of riding that wave. Yeah. If I'm if I'm sad, I'm sad. I feel it. I let it out. I can feel myself feel again. Yeah. I can handle things with a lot more ease and grace. I can allow myself to feel things without being frustrated anymore. And so I think it's important that you how you health is a it's a very personal decision and making sure that you have people that are not trying to just put a sexy band aid on your label, but to really try to get to the root. Yeah, I love that you that you that you said it that way because that that's our podcast name, right? I how, mean, do, how do you help, right? And we all do it differently. Um, I want to go back to something that you had said a little while ago about uh, <coughs> the will thing. Mm -hmm. It's also a question, but because um, this is something I recently found out. Have you heard or read about will or lack yeah. of will, where yeah. it gets stuck in your in your yeah. chakras, like right up right below your heart and right above your stomach? Tell me more. So it's where it's believed that will or lack of will, like willpower, gets stuck. Okay. And so I wanted to go back to that because, like, that's also a, the same area where like anger and gets stuck. Mm -hmm. So then you wonder if like those two are tied together. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing things recently where like last week I was going through this thing. I just didn't want to wake up early, so I started. I was like, well, I'm just gonna meditate and focus on this area. Mm -hmm. And then I could channel that energy back up higher. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna go for a run now. And it's it's interesting. Uh, that did you did you get to experience any of that with with uh, in, in India? Like any talk about where energies get stuck? I have always been. I felt a lot of anger. It's actually really funny. It's, it was always doing you know with with um, Ashtanga yoga, right? So you 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 always start with sun salutation A, Surya Namaskara A, and when you're doing from downward dog to up, uh, upward dog to Chaturanga, downward dog, I always felt all this anger. I felt so much anger. I never got sad when I was doing yoga. I felt immense rage. I know that sounds crazy. Maybe it doesn't. I just felt angry. And I don't compare myself to other people. I really don't. I think I've moved past that because I am really accept who I am as a person. But I remember being like, having this dialogue in my head, like, why can't I do this? Like, I just was angry with myself that I wasn't as uh, limber as I used to be or as fluid as I used to be and I felt a lot of anger and I think because I I operate a lot with like it's uh, everything for me is like it's my will uh, the way that I've dealt with that though is uh, through a lot of prayer you know so for me surrendering to a higher power which is the absolute first step is that we admit that we are power powerless um, for me admission of my own powerlessness and helplessness has helped release some of that I can honestly say because I've definitely had my share of anger issues. Um, I feel anger a lot more than I feel sadness. But the more I surrender, the less that anger isn't my default emotion anymore. It's mostly I feel sad, you know. Yeah. I can handle my sadness. My anger was always a little hard for me to, to regulate. Yeah. It yeah. Just, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. when – what was it? Was it you or someone earlier was like you need to take care of yourself? They were referring it to me with all the stuff that's been going on. So 
you talk about like the rage and all that stuff too. Um, it's okay to f- have rage. It's okay to be upset. Yeah. It's what you do with that. Yeah. Right. And how it comes out is different. So like, kind of take us back to like when you were using and you were drinking and you were like, all right, I got all these emotions going on inside me. I got this anger. Did all that stuff help that? Let me tell you something. In my darkest moment, I referred to cocaine as my medicine. Cocaine, was, which is my drug of choice, and alcohol. Cocaine, alcohol. Alcohol and cocaine and the combination of those two were my medicine. Cocaine would instantly calm me down. That's how I dealt with it in my addiction. The lowest point, or I would say when my anger took over, was uh, March 12th, I got arrested for assault of 2017 because my anger had completely taken control. I was coming off a lot of benzos and cocaine and found out the guy that I was with was cheating on me and he tried to leave and I didn't, I wasn't having it. I was like, you're not going to cheat on me and then leave. You're not, you're not going to hurt me and then walk out the door, right? So all those abandonment issues were coming up and all the anger and, and rejection and betrayal I'd felt all my life that I'd tried to suffocate and stifle through the use of drugs and alcohol got triggered in that moment because it's like, you don't get to hurt me and then walk out the door. So I got arrested for assault. And that was that at that moment, that was three years ago. You know, I got arrested. I'll never forget it. They put me in hot pink handcuffs. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And I just, uh, I, you know, everything worked out. I I hired a great lawyer, had to go through an 18 week program. I have not experienced that rage since then. Um, And it it was, it was a blessing in disguise. I realized, wow, this was, this was a low point. My anger got me into, into jail. Like I, I got arrested for that. And I realized that uh, what I thought was a very loving romance, like, you know, for me, being in that relationship that I was in for so long, I justified it by thinking, I got to make it work. If you love someone, you got to make it work, right? That's what I said to myself. And what I now look back on it, it's like anything that drives you, you know, anything that puts you in jail is not healthy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is anyone that can bring out that in you? And it really gave me an opportunity to address what was going on internally. Now, when I feel really angry, do I, I don't know the last time that I have felt that rage. It has really, and I think the more I deepen my prayer, the more I surrender to God, the more I, I say I am not, I don't need to play God here, that there is something bigger than me and, and, and greater than me that will handle this. I don't feel the need to control, and because I don't feel the need to control, I don't feel powerless anymore. Yeah. You get know what I'm saying? It's all hand in hand because when you need to control and then you feel like it's not working out, we get angry because we're like, why is this not working out? But because I don't feel the need to freak out because I know it's going to be handled, just like everything with Corona. I'm going to be honest. I'm chilling right now. <laughs> I am like, I'm okay. I do what I got to do. I stay at home. I, I'm, I'm quarantined. I'm happy being at home, but I, I do not feel the need to panic. You know, that's, that's funny because it took you how much effort and how many tears and traveling to get to this point where you're like i'm okay with me yes took me 37 years 37 years like i'm okay with me sitting right here while the world's turning to chaos like internally my world's okay that's that's it's so fascinating because most people when the chaos is around the internal chaos going on in their body is not under control and what will happen is if you can't handle the outside stuff the inside is what naturally takes over. But if you can't control what's going on naturally, and that rises to the surface, then you're just basically drowning in chaos. And your systems, your body, your mind, like it's all connected. So the body's like, I don't, it gets overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so the how do you health deal really comes into place because it's like, 
if you're not a good friend, mother, daughter, husband, brother, son, whatever it is, you don't take care of yourself. You're no good to anyone else. You, you won't ever rise above that and be able to bring about great change in this world, great ideas and innovations. And so in a sense of you working on yourself, you essentially make everything around you that much better because your energy is – it feeds other people, right? You're inspiring others. You're giving hope. You mentioned that right now in the situation you're very calm. It takes people to get to that point, right? Like we talk about frequencies and level of consciousness a lot. And I've always said that you want to get a higher number. Baldur's probably, I think, 550, 600, something like that, right? Your your number. Do you know about the level of consciousness? No, tell me. I want to know all about All right, so this is cool. This. this is the second week in a row we talked. We talked about Brandon. Tell actually. me what I am. I all want right. to know. Be so, honest with me. All right. I mean, I don't know. So, so uh, there's this author named david hawkins and he's a md phd and um he's a psychologist psychiatrist i guess really and um he talks about in his book called power versus force and power is like this internal energy that's like a chi of more of like you balance everything out you're yin and yang and so you're centered force is when one's dominating and it's not in sync and you force something basically to happen which basically means like there's gonna be a negative outcome right so when you don't have to force anything power basically is controlling and determining as a poor as opposed to something that's forcing itself down that path right so in this book he talks about level of consciousness and so he says people who live in anger and guilt mm -hmm. run at a very low level of consciousness a low frequency or vibration if you will so that vibration is chi, it's energy, your mentality, whatever you want to call your soul, right? So people that hover down there are not really rising above whatever's keeping them staying down there. And so people usually, according to this doctor, says everyone, the majority of the population is below 200. I believe that. Okay, yeah. so imagine all the chaos that's going on right now. And if you had to put a number on it, people are anger, guilt, shame, fear, fear. All that's like 200 and below. Watching the news, feeding into social media, just worrying is all keeping you down at that level. So when people rise above it, they have to raise their level of consciousness to the next side of emotion. So the emotion above anger and all that is like pride. Mm -hmm. I'm better than this. Mm -hmm. Contentment, right? I'm better than this. So you're at like 250. You understand that you have qualities, but the pride is keeping you from reaching your full potential. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of move past the pride. And now you get more to like joy. Somehow you work and you get up to three or 400. Like now I'm, I'm, there's meaning in life. I enjoy the sun. I enjoy going out. I used to think like there was no point in getting out of bed. But now I have some joy in my life. Hey, Vitamizers, thanks so much for tuning into the How Do You Health podcast. We hope this conversation is beneficial for you and keeping you company in these very weird times as we're all stuck mostly at home. Please stay safe, keep yourself healthy, wash your hands, do all that good stuff. And please remember that we do have our brand new Vitamunity dailies available for purchase. That link is going to be below. And when you bundle them with our Bliss, which helps you increase mood, you'll save 20% on the package and we'll donate 10% of all proceeds to the ATX Hospitality Fund, which is benefiting those in need during this crucial time around the Austin, Texas area. So boost your immunity, boost your mood, help the community, and let's just do our parts to help get over this strange coronavirus time very quickly. Thank you so much, Vitamizers, and keep on listening. Joy is, is happiness. It's different than bliss. Mm -hmm. 
okay, which you just took. Uh, you dropped your bliss. And so <laughs> when you get bliss, you're running around 500. And I can't remember the exact number, but bliss is very hard for people to attain because it's different than happiness. I can smile at you and I feel happy. Maybe I'm faking it. But if you're blissful, you know you're glowing. It's different than just joy. Like blissful means like, oh my gosh, it's a step almost right below nirvana. Nice. Okay, so nirvana is like ultimate peace. Well, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how many people run at that frequency? They said Jesus Christ was around 1,000. And that's the toppest. That's the top, right? Yeah. Albert Einstein, Edison around 500. Mm -hmm. If Baldo's running around 600, how is that happening? Okay, so think about this. Don't look at his IQ. Right? And no offense, Baldo, because I think you're brilliant. But it's not a measurement of IQ. Why could Albert Einstein not rise above to 600 where Baldo's at? Are you asking? Yeah. Okay. I, I love questions. Yeah. Um, I think it's because he was maybe too intellectual. Did he use his head more and not connect his mind and spirit together? He was more of an intellectual, logical. Analytical. Analytical. Bingo. Which almost like he would feel like he has the answer. Or that he can Which come up with the answer. Right. There's still a level yeah. of pride. So, like, listen, I'll ask you this question. What is energy? The vi your vibe. Your How you show up. How, how it's your unspoken. It's like an unspoken... Uh, I, I don't want to use a word in the, in the definition, but it's like how you show up. Um, what you're putting out there that you can't even... It's like nonverbal. Okay. It's vibration. Vibration. Okay. So, different answers. Ask Albert Einstein, what is energy? He's going to write an equation. Mm -hmm. This is what energy is. The law of physics and law of attraction, mm -hmm. like all this stuff. He doesn't believe in manifestation. Yeah. Scientists, scientists don't believe in manifestation or law of attraction. Right? They look at predictability. Right? So the idea is like he can't get out of his own head. Imagine this. So let's say Jesus is at 1,000. Jesus says, you have to believe I'm the son of God. All those people that doubted him. You're not the son of God. There's no, he got he got crucified because of that, mm -hmm. right? And then everyone started believing later. But the disciples that followed him right there just had a belief. Mm -hmm. And so you imagine all these people that are asking, like, you know, Peter and Paul, like, why are you following this guy? Why do you believe he's the answer? He just looks like a regular 33-year-old. You know, it doesn't look anything special. There's something about him. Mm -hmm. He's running on this different level, and he has all this knowledge information that's way above our heads mm -hmm. from what we've been taught. And we've been taught science and mathematics and all these things, too. He's teaching us things to make ourselves better better not smarter better mm -hmm. right so then you think about that separation and where do you have to run at and what do your thought patterns have to be in order to run at a higher frequency so gandhi 700 mm. in this book hawking says when you're between 700 or even 800 to a thousand your sole purpose is the betterment of mankind that's your only mission how many people in this world are running at that frequency to where they truly believe everything I do is for the betterment of mankind? All I'm doing is trying to improve this and work on this and do that. In order to unlock that potential, that optimization or whatever it is, you have to work on yourself mm -hmm. because no one's going to say, this is how you get to a thousand. This is how you raise yourself up the frequency. So like you talked about raising your own level of frequency. Mm -hmm. You did that in October. You were probably like 200, <laughs> right? Like it just right, th and it was hovering. You can come up and down on it. Mm -hmm. Now you're probably like, you know, 500. That's a that's a that's the nicest thing. That's the kindest thing anyone can say because I, I know the, the the 
I know how dark it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, I was worried because the conversations your mom and I had is your mom straight up said, like, she should not be off her medicine. I've seen her too long on this. This is what's going to save her. And I had to tell her, I was like, I understand that, but there's other things out there that might be able to help her. And that's what she's trying to go see right now. And the idea is that, like, if Baldo comes to me and I'm stressed to the max and I say, I'm having a difficulty with, with figuring out what to do next. You know what his response is? The answer is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. Th- I've heard you say that before. I think yeah. last time I was here, you said that. He's right. That frustrated me when I would hear that, honestly. Because I was like, that doesn't give me a, a solution. And he'll come back, doesn't it? <laughs> right? And I'm like, don't pull that shit with me. Like, no, well, it's like, just one of those things. Where, like, if you can come up, you can't come up with it. I can't either. So. It's but it's a whether you right. can or you can't, you're right. Yeah. You know, all those kind of like, you know, niches and the cliches and all that. Well, it's true because it's like, all right, can you make your life better? Yes. Yes, you can. How do I do it? Well, I don't know, but do you want to? That's like it. you first said, first the thing first thing. The willingness thing. is that you, got, you have to at least be willing. Willingness is the first, absolute first thing is that you're willing to do whatever it takes, which is, you know, like we hear – there are so many okay so when I went to rehab the second time that's when it, that really humbled me like going back to rehab the second time because I'm a thorough learner I didn't go just I didn't learn it the first time I learned it the second time and I remember saying to my counselor Carl Carl just tell me what to do I'm never stepping foot back into rehab again I said just tell me what to do and I was willing and everything he told me to do that has led me to almost a year in sobriety next week I'd already heard it go to your meetings get a sponsor 90 meetings in 90 days, all the stuff I did not want to do, okay, because I'm like, uh, who has the time for that? But I was willing, and I did it. And I think that's really, for anyone listening who, you know, is, is really on that pursuit of bettering, hum- you know, mankind, it does start with bettering yourself. And I think that that's the, the I, I'm sure you can attest to this too, you can't save anyone unless you save yourself. You can't save anyone, period. That's I think that's that. But yep. if, you, if you definitely want to help others, you got to help yourself first. I know, I know. And it's not selfish. It's no. not selfish to think that. It's like this. In this crisis mode right now, I have to stay healthy. Balder has to stay healthy. Because if we're not healthy, we can't help other people be healthy. Right? So, like, last night, I was – I don't know. There was something to me. I, I, if you're if you're a healer, you call it an empath or whatever you want to call it. I call myself a healer. It's the idea is that I take on your energy. I take on whatever energy comes around me, just like most people do. And if you have a bunch of anxiety around you 24-7 and the Twitter feed blowing up your news and you don't – this person said this and the numbers going this and it's like uh, – I went last night and I floated. Oh, at a float tank? Yeah. At, how, do you, how do you – so if you, you being an empath because you are so you, – you're very gentle and I love that about you. Because I, I'm not good with the needles and the IV drip because <laughs> I, I know it's good for me. And I know I get, a, I get definitely anxious when it's time. You're so gentle with how you do things and I feel very good when I'm with you. Because I don't like needles and all that stuff. But how do you – I mean, <laughs> I know you're not the guest. But h- I'm just curious to know because you are an empath. How do you protect your own energy at the end of the day? What do you do for yourself at the end of the day after taking on every – especially right now with everyone's anxiety? How do you take – how do you protect yourself? So I, I make time to to declutter all the thoughts in my head. Um, I set aside – 20 30 minutes a day minimum just to check in with myself and ask what am i feeling what's going through my head right now like what is it i'm concerned about are there problems that i can't find what is it that i need to do in order to get there and so a lot of times 
Well, I'll, I will say this: like, a di and it's also something that he's learned. Yeah. Because it used to be a lot. In Ado, for him to be able to do that and like be able to take the time and just do that, he used to not be able to do that. Right. I wouldn't even take the time. Yeah, yeah. and he well, he wouldn't even realize that I need to take the time. Right. right? Like he would just be like, s I mean, and, and it still happens because that's his, probably his default, right? Like mm -hmm. where sometimes he's just like down, and I was like, hey, just breathe, you know, like yeah. you're, you're, you're good. But I, yeah. I gave him a 30-day challenge like what was two years ago yeah. for yoga. And so yoga kind of like – now he doesn't go to yoga, but he, he still incorporates yoga all the time. Yoga in, principles, into his, yeah. into his, uh, It changed my life. It changed my life so much. It was I was so <laughs> thankful for that day, that month. I didn't work out anything. I didn't do lift weights, run. It. I mean, I might have run with you or whatever, but yeah. every day was yoga. And it was incredible because the first time that – the first time I knew – it wasn't the first class I took from yoga. It was like the second or third class that I knew that I was in the right place. I cried mm. at Savasana. And I remember we went – it was before ACL. It was like that Friday. And our good friend Morgan was teaching the class, and – after I got done, I was just bawling, like just, just tears. It wasn't like I was upset. I was just crying. Like, I could, why am I crying? Like, uh. I go bawl. I was like, why am I crying? And he's like, you needed to release something. So I asked Morgan. I was like, why did I cry after like yoga? She goes, oh, we did a lot of hip openers. So you had all that stuck energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what every yogi will say. Oh, that makes sense. And yeah. I was like, all right, of course. Chest openers, you know, chest, yeah. like breathing, chest open, all that stuff too. So these things, they're not taught in school. Oh, no. Right? So th so going back to this idea, most people are this mentality. Like you said, I have something wrong. Tell me the way to fix it. I'll go do it. You want me to run through that wall? If that's what it <laughs> takes, I will run through that wall. You don't have to run there. Imagine you're already on the other side of the wall. You got through it. Yeah. What do you mean? visualize that you already got through it and you saw the solution how does it make you feel now that you're over there all that work was exactly what you just went through and what he taught me that so he would when he says the answer is there what does that mean the answer is there you just haven't discovered yet allow your body to be in that space to be ready to receive the answer yeah. You can't receive if you're closed off and if you're in out. I just pumped myself <laughs> out. You can't receive if you're closed off and you're all in here. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing is that no matter how closed off we are, we're not letting in the ability to even make that change. Mm -hmm. So go back to Einstein, scientific mindset. I remember I was talking to this physician friend of mine one time, and he was anxious. Like he, We're in pain management together. Both of us just a, a cluster in our head every day. And I remember he was talking about his anxiety. And he was building up and everything. And I was like, I don't know, man. I heard this thing called grounding. You ever heard of it? And, you know, he's like, well, what is it? And I was like, well, apparently you just go outside barefoot and walk around in the grass for a while. Or you sit down in the grass and let the skin touch your, you know, the grass. And he was like, what the hell does that do? I was like, I don't know. It's supposed to calm you down. I did it the other day. I felt pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 so he's like, huh. He goes, do it one night. His wife goes, what the hell are you doing out there? He goes, I'm grounded. She goes, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why don't you get inside the house? Yeah. You know? So that was it. That's <laughs> all he did. So that's <laughs> that was it. So it took him out. He never did it again. Aww. So imagine if people gave up that easily because they couldn't find the answer that quickly. Then it's like, well, what's the point of doing it? It's like, no, keep practicing. It's the practice of meditation. It's the practice of breathing. It's yeah. the practice of yoga. It's the practice of medicine. Ultimately, it really boils down to whatever it is, whether it's yoga, meditation, breathing, it's being with, right? That's yeah. the ultimate goal because 
if there's anything that I've learned, there are three huge uh, triggers for me that would always make me want to numb myself, right? It's the feeling of betrayal. It is the feeling of complete anger that always makes me want to calm that. It's always like, I, I, it, whenever I'm in the state of lack, right? Like back in the day, it was like, you've betrayed me, you've abandoned me, you've rejected me, or I'm really angry. And I've always wanted to run from those feelings and the utter feel of loneliness, and I have no one. So giving myself, and just for anyone going through any of these emotions, feeling anxi uh, of anxiety and, and, and uncertainty, what I've learned is the reason why I've come to a place where it's like, it's all going to be okay, is because I gave myself the chance to be with all of it and I didn't need to go polish off bottles of wine I mean you see all these advertisements and memes about like it's gonna get get a polish off a bottle of wine that's the last thing you need to be doing right yep. now because it's poison anyway and be by yourself doing and that and be by yourself yeah. drinking yeah. and it's, so, it's awful all around right yeah. but it's like give yourself the chance this is an opportunity this is this is opportunity disguised as struggle right that's what this is as, as suffering there is an opportunity to really be like Man, I'm feeling all sorts of way right now. Instead of running from it, numbing and you know, numbing it, uh, denying it, getting angry about it, getting frustrated, what's really going on? We have an opportunity to really look within. What I realized was I'm going to survive everything. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 if I'm not okay, which is never never the case, because even in my not okay state, I'm still okay. Yep. You know what I yep, mean? Yep. And that really, for me, and it looks different for everybody, requires an immense amount of faith in God that everything is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it that's always is. And that's turning it over to the power. The idea that there's something greater than ourselves, mm -hmm. fate, determines a lot of the, our plans, and then we can control our destiny to a certain extent, right? It's what we believe, what we shape our path. And, you know, when you, you just kind of said right now, when you were talking about with all the chaos and everything going around again, too, um, what I am optimi what I'm op what I'm hopeful for, optimistic for, is the idea that there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this, out of people staying at home. How many great inventions and ideas and creations are going to come from yep. basically someone sitting in their room and just writing stuff down? What's going on in my head? Let me write it down. What are the thoughts? I mean, well, imagine how much how much energy is saved and they can be channeled somewhere else when people are not using that same energy to be stressed out to be stuck in traffic mm -hmm. right or yep. to like or to like have to walk up the stairs or like to like find a time for lunch with someone or like pick on menu pick an item on the menu or like all stuff like it's that. it's just yeah. it's all energy that's expanded somewhere that's not being expended yeah. that now can be channeled to like well what the fuck i mean yeah. we were t the there were just there's this dating the singles thing. I don't know if you saw this going around yesterday, and uh, I forgot what they're called. Uh, like an app? No, no, no. It was a it was a, like a a Zoom like it's, it's dating. It's, it's some it's it's a company that's about to start an app, and they're they're kind of like popular sort of, and some of our friends are involved with it, and uh, so they just decided to do because uh, uh, they do dating. Um, uh, events like hey we're sober dating events like sober oh, really? dating events right and so so they're I know yeah. so, <laughs> so they're great right and we and I we've been part of them and I've been part of them where like we go and set up the bar and like the, the vitamin bar and all that and do that so they decided to do like uh what did they call it they call it pandemic love oh that's great that's and, what it was uh, and uh and so you sign up for this thing and you get a spreadsheet and this on the spreadsheet you put just your first name 
your age, female or male, and then like something interesting about okay, yourself. Okay, I gotta do this. Maybe and then and then they did a, at eight p.m. yesterday. I, I haven't I haven't I haven't uh, followed up to see how it went or how it all turned out. They did kind of like a show. It was like season, episode one. They called it of what it would whatever this was. And so I don't know how, what they what exactly they did, but it was a dating event online okay got it a virtual dating event that's never been done like that before and they just kind of came up with this because it's like well people need a date and like what are we going to do about it and so they did something about it Uh, (laughs) that seems very like not very intimidating that feels actually like i would i would be down with that it's kind of like you know have you guys seen love is blind on netflix you guys gotta watch it they basically date by they're in isolated pods so you can't, I'm talking to you through a pod. That's what they called it, a virtual pod. Yeah, it's a virtual pod. Wait, so are you saying no one could see each other? Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe. Because Maybe lo- not. Because love is blind is like you and I would be talking in two separate pods. We just connect heart to heart. And I don't see you. And you have like a group of eight eight guys, eight girls or whatever, something like that. That was like a dating uh, show. <laughs> I mean, that's what they called it, a dating show. Yeah. yeah that's it's like the, the voice, right? Like you're, you hear them and they turn around. And it's like, oh, yeah, we like we connected and all that. Well, it's just I always find it fascinating because obviously I'm married and I've, I've been married for a while. And I just couldn't imagine what it's like dating in like this type of setting. So the person who was ho- uh, who was hosting is our friend Allison was one of them, and then uh, she's the like producer. Of and, um, Elsa is uh, is a dating coach. Oh, she was here. Dude. She did a lunch. She did a lunch show a couple yeah. weeks ago, right? So uh, conscious and then uh, one coupling in the swiping era, I think is what it was mm-hmm. called. And so you imagine the disconnect that people are having, but now you're like at home sitting in a kind of computer, you know, and your PJs and no makeup on, and you're just kind of like I'm kind of just waiting for the world to you know, kind of come out of this and you're at your most vulnerable state right because you're just as scared and depressed and anxious as that other person but you got to put on a face I think it's a great idea because you're not putting up a front for anything like I don't I don't think you're like here I am I'm trying to take you out to this fancy dinner and impress you with this and try to buy you all these things like no it's like you and me and we're just talking at home at home yeah like right yeah and there's, there's no like you know there's nothing physical that's going to come out of this, so right. you don't have to worry about it. So you're trying to connect mentally and emotionally. Yes. Which is very hard for anyone to do. You know what? Like, guys, so one of the things that happens here, <laughs> so I think, like, to this day, we're still probably close to 70% women mm-hmm. of our clients and, you know, the rest are men. And I remember someone asked us one time, they're like, you know, you're just marketing to women. I said, we're not marketing to women. It just happens to be that women are the ones who predominantly want to take care of their health. They get it. They understand it. They're the ones. They're okay with talking th- about it. They're okay with talking about their emotions and depression and all that. Because here's what I'll ask a woman when they come in, just like I ask a man. So, how are you feeling today? Yeah, yeah. The first thing you always ask. Yeah. How are you feeling? How are you doing today? Yeah. Right. That question alone opens up a Pandora's box for any response. It's an open platform to tell me what you want. So how many times in a day does someone get asked, how are you doing? I get, nobody asked me. Yeah. <laughs> I asked myself that. Yeah. Right. So think yeah. about that. Think about those little things, the basic things, the basic necessities. Well, right? I've I had people often give me a hug and, and they'll just say, thank you for the connection. Like, that's what they'll say. Out of like everything else they got here. They got drinks, they got a shot, they got whatever. And they just say, thank you for the connection. It's really nice nice is not the best word but you get what i'm saying it's so nice to be asked how are you feeling today yeah yeah it's i mean not even how are you doing because i'm i'm mostly in my masculine energy especially when i'm working i am full-blown 
you know so when you ask me how are you feeling today I get to chill and I get to like oh I could get out of here and actually ask myself how I'm feeling what's going it's on in the here. focus is on you yeah that's and that's I, I it's a, something I both fear and desire at the same time right because and then the attention's on me and then it's about me but I desire it too because I'm a human being and I want to be asked. right so I think deep down there's this kind of conflict because people who put the focus on them they think they're being selfish mm -hmm. there's a person that will say and I, not just one in particular but imagine a working mother I got to take care of this. I got to do this stuff. Well, when do you have time for yourself? Oh, I don't have time because I got to do this. I got, just like you said earlier, when do you have time, John, for yourself? Well, I don't. I got to do this. I got to do this. It's like, well, just make the time. No one will stop you from taking 20 minutes out of your day to say, I just need this. Yeah. I'm going to just go sit in my car and just listen to my favorite songs by myself. Don't bother me. There's plenty of times when I'll call my wife, and she taught me this too. She's like, if I don't want to be on the phone with you, I just say I don't want to be on the phone. <laughs> I mean, and it's no offense to you. I just don't feel like talking. Please don't take offense to it. Cool. I respect that for you being honest and saying, here it is. So when it gets done with it, it's like, okay, well, what are my needs? I, I fulfilled her needs. She says she doesn't want to talk. I understood it. Boom. Well, what do I want right now? Oh, I want to go to the gym. Why do I want to go to the gym? Because that's my alone time. That's when I get to kind of put the focus on me and work out. Right? Why do you think everyone stares at their mirrors, right, all the time? Because it's like the focus on them. No one, and my wife always says this too. She's like, no one cares about your muscles except for you. And you're like, that's right. That's why I'm only doing this for myself. I'm not trying to go be fit so I can impress other people. I'm doing it because I want to be happy with what I'm doing, and I have goals, and I have, I have, like almost a hobby, mm -hmm. right? And it project. makes me, it has a project. I feel good when I do this. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel complete. It, it makes me feel like I, I got another task done that day. Yeah. And so meditation is like on the to-do list for Baldo every day, right? I mean, it's like it's not even a, a given. It's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable thing. It's non-negotiable. Like, ha when was the last day you did not meditate? I mean, it didn't. Like four years ago? No, two years ago. But when was the last time you didn't do yoga? Probably. Well, it's been it's been about a few days because I've been doing more dance. Yeah, I've been doing more dance. But you're moving. I'm yeah. moving. So for me, it's it's yeah. shifted more of because Ashtanga yoga, if you're familiar, it's it's very structured and it's very masculine. So what I really learned about myself was the yoga set a tone for me to get connected with my body. Then I came back to back to the states, and uh, TikTok was blowing up. You guys know. TikTok. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok. I don't. Not either. I'm not on TikTok. But I see these kids dancing, and I'm like, I want to do that. So yeah. I started signing up for hip-hop dance classes. So yoga gave me the uh, – like opened up my, my mind and everything and my spirit to like my body wants to move. It wants to feel sexy again. So especially being single, I don't have somebody telling me you're hot. I, you know, like I want to have sex with you. I want to – you know, you're, you're, I don't get that. So I got to feel sexy. I got to do what I got to yeah. do to feel sexy on the inside. Yep. So I signed up for hip-hop dance classes. So that's what that's I cool. I've been going to bachata on, oh, that's on awesome. Wednesdays. It's pretty cool, that's actually. Right. And <laughs> you can do that with – you have a partner, right, when you're, when you're there dancing? Well, I've gone with friends. Uh, yeah. Our friend Deanna comes with me often, that's too. That's awesome. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, – like I said, I think it's important, like, once you find your – Fluidity for me is very important, right? Because I'm an all-or-nothing girl. It's just a, I, I just have the mind of an addict. It's very black or white. It's like I'm all, I'm all in or I'm all out. So I've had to find the gray with movement. Does it have to be this one thing every day, or can I tune in more at this age in my life? What I really want is to start paying attention to what my body wants. It's like, let's put on some '90s hip hop and rock out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just really finding what I, what I love doing. That's awesome. But and it, it has to be the non-negotiable with the meditation with you. And for you, you said it was. What was your non-negotiable? Um, yeah, what is your non-negotiable? My non-negotiable is 
probably um, the food that I eat. Okay. It's I don't give a shit if I have to get my own food. I will get it. I will be prepared. I will bring my own food. I have it in my pockets. Like I, you yeah. don't have to worry about me. I will. I'm not like in this time of year right now. I'm not worried about going hungry. Yeah. I fast. I'm like shit. I'll fast yeah. for a whole week if I need to. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not a problem. Yeah. Like I will be good. So food is not anywhere. It's more of like what kind of food am I going yeah. to eat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yoga. It's probably been longer since I haven't done yoga than than meditation. Last year, I met meditation like a d- an everyday thing. Yeah. This year, it's twice a day now. So that's beautiful. Yeah. I'd like to get to three times where like I take 20 minutes in the middle of the day and here or something yeah i want to incorporate that too in fact i almost thought about if we had time this morning we were going to like do like a little opening meditation well i mean i don't think it, it'd be enough to say like hey we're closed every day from 12 to 12 20 because we're meditating we're doing meditation. you can invite people you in can in, you can join us for you it. could i mean we even thought about doing that before the lunch room like he did a five minute meditation one time it was know. awesome people loved it yeah just I'm a sure. room full of people we didn't just even do it together. again but it was just like it's pretty cool because they we videoed that right and people were just like it was like the calmest, and it felt the energy in the room just felt incredible. Do you record meditations and sell them, or, or have them for <laughs> people to download? Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't yet. You know, it's just one of those things. Like I, I, I also, I'm also yoga certified. Yeah. And uh, there was a time that I s- was doing some classes, and uh, I, what I found that it, it wasn't teaching it wasn't what I loved about it. Because from the sense of having to do it all the like, let's say I've had three classes to teach in in a week, mm-hmm. you know, even if it, it probably would have been even worse. If it was three a day. Like mm-hmm. some people would do like three a day, because part of what I loved about teaching or or the idea of teaching was like curating the whole experience, mm-hmm. right? And because I love the music part of it, and like I get I don't get upset, but I'm just like sometimes when I go see do a teacher or whatever that I. And she uses kind of like the same playlist from last week. I'm just like, that was lazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I, it, yeah. like, and I'm just like, eh. and so I don't want to, I don't want people to feel that way about me because I feel that way mm-hmm. about, about my experiences in yoga. So I am working on currently on, on, a, on, on a flow meditation flow. We're going to do like a three day fast followed by a flow, a three day fast followed by like a meditation and flow. Uh, that's going to be coming up pretty soon. Well, by the end of this year, I'm like really excited about it. I actually. could tell you're, I, I could feel it. And, and so, I from that sense, I love it that way. But if I had to do it like on a weekly basis, uh, I don't know. It has to be. Uh, so you like more of the immersion experience. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, you like to create experience. Well, because imagine that's like, hey, we're doing this three-day fast, and then we're gonna just meet here and do this like badass meditation with this flow, and I'm gonna teach you how to like rechannel your your energy and like actually teach you how to rechannel the energy not just like oh this is what happens when you rechannel energy and it's different because i've learned a lot of from that th- th- this past year i think you know that that's great for people i i'm i would be someone to do that because i'm like i'd rather spend three days with this person and go deep dive and then i could go run with it i can incorporate that into my daily life right rather than the weekly things i i, I like to go deep and deep and yeah. wide take it and run with it so i mean that's how you like to share your knowledge share your wisdom and your experience with people is by curating those experiences do it but if you ever feel so inclined to uh, record a guided meditation for single <laughs> gals myself who have an overactive mind feel free to record and awesome. i'll, I'll see listen to i told you right he's a star i, would, I told you, you he's a star i youtube okay little known fact uh on, you know i youtube and i search for guided meditation male voice to put me to sleep because i love a nice soothing male voice 
yep. for me to shave stuff. The monotone, like the monotone voice. Yes, like and you have a. It's not monotone. That's all. I'm <laughs> but it's very calm. It's very soothing. I, I could go to sleep to that. Yeah, that. Cool. So he does my intense. Like oh. he like, when I do certain things, uh, he he's my he's my guide. So which we, is it, we've been kind of back and forth. I I've taught him a different side of health, and he's opened me to a different side of health. And so a lot of things I've learned is he's been my guide and yeah. my biggest support because I'll go run to him to say, can you help me? The way he's run to me, he says, can you help me with this? And well, it's funny because I don't feel like I help because mine are just like general answers. Like, just close your eyes. <laughs> no, but, no, but you know what? For, that, that, that may work for him, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, how he taught yeah. my, that's how he taught our oldest kid to how to meditate. Yeah, yeah a four-year-old. Little four-year-old meditates. What did, what did you say? What did oh, nothing. I just, just lead by example kind yeah. of deal. And, like, well, every time he visits me, or it's been a couple times, and there's, like, a fire pit out there, he's like, hey, are we meditating? And he's like, sure. So they just go sit by the fire. He's like, how do you, I said, how did you teach and meditate? And he's like, I just told him to sit there and close his eyes. That is the, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really grateful for people like you because you're not, it really is just sit there, close your eyes, and just, that, that, that just, just start, be there. Start, just be there. And, you know, it's, it's gotten so complicated. Obviously, it's a huge industry. There's a lot of money to be made. But I really do appreciate the simpler, the better. Because you're talking to someone who has, who has dealt with, a, a, you know, depression, anxiety, mood disorders, this, that. If you tell me just to sit there, I can handle that. It's yeah. a simple solution. Just tell me straight, no frills, nothing. And I'm like, okay, I can digest that. Yeah. It doesn't need to be complicated. We need more people who can just say it. Like, just no, no fluff. Yeah. I know, and that's that's. So put me to sleep. Well, it's already. crazy, right? Because it's like if you want to learn how to meditate, and you're like, oh, I don't know how to like shut my mind, and this was like, well, why don't you start with like just sitting there for five minutes? Yeah. And then and then we'll go from. Don't there. do anything. <laughs> just sit there. Yeah. Even if you are thinking all these things, yeah, just it. sit there for five minutes well, and don't move. So <laughs> so when he had me do that, because this is exactly how I was doing this, because I was like, how do I meditate? I want you to teach me how to meditate. He's like, well, just sit there, and focus. He's like, all right, cool. So I sit there and like my mind's going everywhere. I'm like, well, that sucked. He's like, that's cool, but you did it, right? Yep. I was like, I did. He goes, okay, we'll practice again later. I was like, all right, cool. So <laughs> practice again later. I'm like, well, I was like, well, how do you, how do you meditate on just one thing when you got ten thousand thoughts? He's like, well, just focus on one thought for as long as you can, and once you get sidetracked, come back to that thought again. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I was like, so then I'd come back. I'm like, all right. So I'm sitting there focusing on one thought. Now what? He's like, well, how does it make you feel? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, how does that make you? What's your energy like? Can you feel like? Do you feel something like in your stomach, in your chest, or whatever? And I was like, well, I don't know. I, it's, I'm just there. And I was like, but I did notice that my breathing is really interesting. He goes, what do you mean? He's like, well, I just, I don't feel like I'm breathing right. And he's like, you're right. He goes, I've noticed that you don't breathe right. Is it more shallow? Is, was yeah, more shallow? it's chest breathing. He goes, you don't open up your stomach. That's how you're really supposed to breathe. So the ujjayi breath, mm -hmm. you know, in through the nose, out through the nose, he goes, engage your core. And now I gave him something to focus on. But yeah. He, ga he gave himself something so to focus so on. That, so the whole thing was like, <laughs> just focus on your breathing then. I was like, perfect. <laughs> so then now he's like, all right, make it a game. Four, hold it in for four seconds. Push out for four seconds. Eight. Or do it longer, eight seconds, yeah. right? So they'll do that, what, ten times over? And yeah. then there's like ten minutes right there of your day, and next thing you know, boom. So this is what I do now <laughs> in the morning. I If I have a perfect day, I'll get up, start off with legs on the wall. Up. Legs yeah. on the wall, up on the wall. I roll out of bed, fall on the ground, legs on the wall, and I just start breathing. I do my gratitude list. You know, what am I grateful for? I always had this – I have this number in our head of, of 
what we want for the business. And I say that number every day, and then I follow up with a, today's a great day, everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. Today is a great day, everything will be, and I say it over and over again while I breathe. Even yesterday, like I was saying something, I just kept saying it over and over and over again to where my body's like, I accept that. Yes. That's just, that's the new mentality. That's the new way that you said it enough to, I believe you now. So it was crazy because yesterday when I was feeling the anxiety, I was in the float. And I remember I was breathing in the sauna beforehand. I could feel, I was like, all right, I'm kind of calming down. I'm like anxious. I was like, oh, my second boost. And so I'm like, man, I'm just freaking <laughs> all over the place. Energy, right? And then I remember at that moment when I finally felt relaxed, the energy just dropped. And I noticed I was able to breathe again. And my I was in the float and I was like this. My All my arms and legs were together. And I was like, oh my God, relax. Relax, spread your legs, like mm. open your arms, like relax your head, focus on your breathing. I could almost feel like my ears were submerged more in the water because I was just so tense. I didn't yeah. want to relax in the water. And this is the thing, in the float tank, you're in a room. You're not in a pod. You're in a room big enough for like three people. And you're just floating for like an hour. I've done it, I, got, I, got, I was scared. Because <laughs> it was the pod, right? It was, it was the, the claustrophobic it was dark deal. Yeah, and yeah, but well, I, I would be willing to try it again. So this is a room, yeah. like you're in a big room. With so the ocean lab, by no, you're by yourself. I mean, you could do a you, you, couple. You could do a couple. Yeah. Merrick and I have floated together, but the thing is, it's like you're just laying there, no sound. It's dark. You got the, you got your earplugs in. You're just there. Like so that's amazing. That's it. That sounds great. And yeah. so I was like, "Here's my thoughts, and here's well this." Well, you can load the tank with whatever you want. So you can load, load the like you can load like Joe Dispenza meditation while you're in there. Or It'd something. be kind of trippy to play some like Grateful Dead and do that. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so take some, some. <laughs> so so when, when you when you get out of it, you go on this little couch, <laughs> and you like you like it's the Zen den, and it's like this little beanbag chair that you just lay in and gives you chamomile tea and all that. Aww. So when I got done. The anxiety might have been there, but I was still like, I'm good with this. Like, it was like, I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel happy. Um, everything's going to be all right. Was this at, where, where is it, Ocean Lab? This was Ocean Lab. Okay, I haven't been there yet. So, it's it's off 32nd and 35. Yes. Yeah, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who comes to Austin, you should definitely go. Our friend Eric uh, owns the place. He's, he's It's incredible. You know where I went was a place on uh, Manchac. It's called Float something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right by where the uh, Kirby Lane is. Like I know, I, I know yeah. exactly where it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay. I, th those are, I think those are pods. This is like, it's a big room. So they have an infrared, or they have, I don't know if it's infrared. I think it's full spectrum sauna. I'm sorry, Eric, if I said it wrong, but there's a big sauna with wood from driftwood outside of Austin here. Oh, wow. So it's like actual wood they chopped down and they made it into this wooden sauna. And so the the protocol is you go into that, and then you go into the float. Yeah. And the float has like magnesium, Epsom salt, water. So you're detoxing. Yep. So like you imagine like I recharged, I detoxed, I replenished, and I, I went home. And I was like, I'll be good. I woke up today, I took my vitamins last night and everything. Like I'm like, I'm ready to take on the day. And it's incredible because that whole mentality doesn't usually happen for most people. But most people that I meet that have that routine, that feel good, they're like, I'm running on full cylinders. I'm optimized. I'm like, what are you doing that I need to learn from? Mm -hmm. Right? Because imagine, like Tim Ferriss, four-hour work week. Imagine people who are like Elon Musk. You know, like, they're probably like, we work less now, but we still take care of ourselves in a sense of like, we, if we're no good to ourselves, then we're no good to anyone else. Right? So that whole idea of meditation, finding love, or maybe finding your own love with yourself, your mood, 
your health, your food, your sleep, your, I mean, all those basic essentials, that's what keeps you together. So if you have those together, mentally you almost feel like you can take on anything. You can face anything, mm-hmm. right? It, I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's like I know deep down, Baldur's like, COVID, psh, like, bring it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's almost like that point where he's like, I'll be fine. Well, I, I, I think I said earlier, I was like, I don't know, I just, I just keep getting calmer and calmer as a situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just the eye of the storm. Yeah. You can't get sucked into it. You can't get sucked into it. And I think because you're so calm-minded anyway and you work very hard to have a calm mind you know just know that it's gonna be okay you're still on the inside so it's like no matter what's going on on the outside it's like it's gonna be okay for him it's through meditation for me it's through prayer for for you it might be through whatever else you know it's just well think about this so we went to go donate blood one time i have o positive which is like the universal donor right well actually acceptor sorry and so we went to a blood bank and he went in to get checked i started getting in i got done came out I said, so how was it? He's like, they wouldn't let me donate. And I was like, why? And I thought it was because he had been traveling or something. And they're like, no, they said my, my heart rate was too low. And I said, well, how low was your heart rate? He was like, it was like 37. And I said, that's pretty low. And uh, I said, so what did they do? He said, well, they made me go outside and do some jumping jacks and then push-ups. And I kind of ran around for a little bit. Drank some coffee. Drank some coffee. He goes, I went back and checked my heart rate again. I said, what was it at? They're like, it was like 39. <laughs> And so the the phlebotomist goes, you need to go find some stress in your life so your blood pressure and your oh, heart yeah, rate go, can go, go up. Find some yeah. So yeah. so you can you can. I know. I was like, blood. I run three businesses. You know, I don't, I don't know how much more stressful you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna live very long. So yeah. 120 is the yeah. goal. It's yeah. incredible because to get your heart rate into the 30s is almost unheard of, right? It's like yeah. that just doesn't happen unless you're asleep almost. Yeah. Well, when I'm asleep, it's like 31. Do you, do you? I to ask you a question. I'm curious to know because I know you um, you do work very hard. Not work very hard, but you have a meditation practice. Do you do you get angry? <laughs> it's it's rare, right? It's rare. I've I've only seen you angry like yeah. once or I don't know. It's been like more of a personal thing, like the bank screwed up or something with like. Well, I don't know why. Frustration. I think it was your sadness. license. Your license, right? Maybe. Um. Yeah, but never angry. It's been a long time since I've been angry. There's a Sanskrit word uh, called vairagya, and it means dispassionate. It's not a bad thing. I've always wanted to be dispassionate. That doesn't mean that I don't have compassion. It's just it's more like being kind of detached towards things. And yeah. it's like a lot of people have asked me, like, are you super excited because you're about to hit a year sobriety next, next Thursday? And I'm like, you know, I thought I was going to be way more like, but it's like, okay, I – my goal in life, and I don't know what this may sound ridiculous, I don't ever want anything. You could tell me I'm the most beautiful woman in the world, and I won't go go up. And if you could tell me I'm ugly, I won't go down. I'm here. I want to just. My goal is to yeah. be like this. It doesn't matter if I make ten thousand dollars a month, or I only have seven dollars in my bank account. I'm I'm always gonna be like it this. And that's a vibe that I get from you, and I love it. Is it is it some samadhi? What's the the high? bliss. Is that's the highest level, right, yeah, or something, Samadhi's right? Yeah, Samadhi's bliss, Nirvana. It's but it's almost like d- detachment. Yeah, right? Vairagya is de- see, yeah, level of consciousness. Yeah. But that's yeah. the thing. At that point, you have a force field around you. Well, imagine if somebody came up to you and said, "You're the ugliest, stupidest, dumbest person I've ever met in this world." That person, if they're running at a yeah. high level consciousness, it's like, dude, I feel sorry for you, but thank you. Yeah. Good about your business. God yeah. bless. I would say, right? uh, honestly, I would even say to, to completely get rid of that, I feel sorry for you. I, if somebody says you're ugly, you're stupid, okay, you're the most brilliant person in the world, okay, like, and, and like not have feeling anything. 
But I don't know if that's apathetic. What, no, but here's the thing. It's it's like, what would Jesus do, right? Jesus yeah. would be like, can I hug you? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What? I don't want to touch you. It's like, but it seems like you need a hug. Oh. Right? Because hurt people hurt people. Right, exactly. Right. So what's incredible about this is that I don't know actually how much physical contact you and I actually have, but we're brothers. I mean, we're basically brothers, right? And there's times that we don't even call each other by name sometimes. Like, we just don't do it. But I probably hugged more guys in the past three years than I ever had in my life. And I'm not talking like one of those bro hugs with the one arm. Like, like it's more like full-on, like, come here, yeah. heart on heart. There's two guys in particular that – no, there's three now. They l- hug me so much and the right spot on my chest to where you can feel the heart rate sync up with one another, like the heartbeat. And you, if you ever hug someone, you kind of know there's that point where you're just like, do I let go? Are they going to let go? Who's going to let go first? Who's going to let go first? Well, these three individuals don't let go. Like you can feel that yeah. you're like, and they hug more. And that's uncomfortable. It is. To but a certain point. To a certain point, point. Until you finally like, Release, oh. and you're like, yeah. I need this. Until you let go, yeah. right, basically. Yeah. So there's been times that I've seen people literally just, ah, 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 and I'll just hug them, and then they just start crying. Yeah. And they're just like, ah, ah, and I, I mean, there's something I don't know what else to do, and I'm just like, let me just hug you. And so with all this stuff going on, it kills us to not be able to hug people because you know how people walk in who would normally hug, and they're just like, I just want to hug you because I need a hug right now. And so yeah. some people need physical, some people don't. And so the idea that when people walk in here, they feel like, oh, they're going to hug us. It's not a bad thing. Because I never worked in a medical office that hugged people. They tell you not to hug your patients. Right. Our patients are our friends. Our patients are clients. Our patients are loved ones that genuinely want help. And they'll bring their loved ones over here and they'll hug and they say goodbye to us. And they walk away with a smile on their face. And there's sometimes we might not give them what they needed. Right. Maybe this like they came in here just to complain and get off their chest and they just stopped by to get a drink or something right yeah. like they just I don't even know why I, I just stopped by I was going to hang out with you but I'm still here and all of a sudden you sit here and you meet someone else and so if they even just sit here and long enough they get better mentally emotionally and then it goes out and it spreads so the idea is that those people that, that think the way that y'all think now those are like all our friends those are like all the people I hang out with now all the people that are yeah. optimistic <coughs> and hopeful and meditate and 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 just talk about manifestation and all that. Like, think about if you're in a room and you throw out the craziest idea when it comes to business and they all laugh at you, are you in the right room? No. Right. You need to be in the room where you throw the most craziest idea and then someone trumps your crazy idea. I like to be around crazy people, and I never yeah. want to be the smartest person in the room. Bingo. I do, I know I because I I want someone to school me I want someone to teach me something you know what I yeah. mean I don't want to always have to I don't want to be in that right because you're learning yeah. like think about it. your journey yeah. you've learned so much about yourself and then you basically turn around and help other people mm-hmm. and you're seeing it's almost like you almost want to work with that person that hit rock bottom I'm working with the version of myself bingo a few years ago bingo few months, yeah even a few months ago yeah bingo I can I can help that so I. Even when I work with clients and I'm like, are you clear on your target audience? And we talk a little bit more, you know, you got to be clear on who your audience is, all that, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, well, I kind of want to help this person who blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, that was basically me. I'm like, yeah, you're qualified to help that person who is just a few steps behind you because you've been there. 
you know what I mean? So yeah, um, it's an honor to be able to do that. So marketing, this guy told us, he said people buy mirrors. Right, they have to see themselves in you. People buy yeah. mirrors. Mm -hmm. So the funny thing is from a marketing standpoint, he's all sales and marketing, right? I'm all medical, healthcare, and all that stuff. But I said, I know what people want. They want energy. They want to feel better. They want to lose weight. I mean, that's you tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that there's not a person out there that doesn't feel like any one of those three could address them. Say that again. Energy. Energy. They want to feel better. Feel better. And, and they want to lose, lose weight. weight. Yeah, you're, that's spot on. So basically, based out of all of those mentalities is how we created all of our services and products. It's catering to that benefit in mind. That because when you shop in the stores, what are you shopping for? You're shopping for something that basically addresses one of those things. Yes. I eat this food, it makes me feel better. I eat this food, I lose weight. I eat this food, it gives me energy. I eat this food, it doesn't give me energy. You just realize it or not, right? And then if you if you make decisions based off those three principles, you would choose better food. You would choose better, better, you know, time, uses of your time, right? And then you would treat your body like, is this going to cause harm or is it going to help my body? Whatever it is, weightlifting, working out, mentally, relationships, yeah. right? And it's weird because if you if you think about all the products that are out there, they're all catering to it. And so you you can build a brand, a business that caters to what people want. It's not you tell them what you think they it's need. What they, yeah. It's what are they telling you that you that you need to listen to. Mm -hmm. If we listen to what people are saying, power's in the consumer. Yeah. You can change this whole world based off paying with your dollar. You want organic for the whole world, then everyone has to buy organic. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so like I said, your the focus that y'all have right now, of helping others, is so needed right now. That I, that's why I've said that not only are you a star, Tex-Mex Yogi's a star, and it's like you need to put as much information out there to help raise the frequency of this world right now, because we all need this. It, it's funny right? when I when come in through the door, I think I'm chill, and I come in and I see you, I'm like, damn. <laughs> I need I need to get on his level. Like it's like I I'm chill, and then I come and I'm like, oh, there's like there's another another level of chillness that I I strive for. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. But it, ju it shows up differently, right? Because the thing is, um, I I would like to think now at this point in my life, what you see out here is exactly how I feel on the inside. There's no dissonance, right? So yeah. that's very important for me that what I'm putting out there, there's no disconnect. I can't have disconnection because if we go back to that original diagnosis that I was given bipolar disorder is two poles. There's duality. We all have duality within us. My goal my entire life has always been to have a state of oneness. Now, there is no imposter syndrome. There is no co uh, constant battle between my, my higher self and my ego. Of course, I still have battles every day, but it's how do I address it? You know what I mean? Yep. My goal ultimately is nine out of ten times that I feel one with myself and the and the other time and the ten percent that I maybe don't what can I do to get back it's just about getting back for me I'm not I'm I don't strive for I'm gonna be this way all the time it's when I get off track because I'm human and I'm gonna get off track how can I have unconditional compassion for myself to bring that back how do I bring myself back and not hurt myself or judge myself and I said you know as long as I'm not hurting myself I'm doing help right that's that's you know kind of piggyback off the your, your podcast yeah as long as I'm not hurting myself, and I know how I hurt myself. I hurt myself through words that I say to myself. I hurt myself through the to what I'm thinking about myself, how I, you know, certain actions that I take that may not be healthy. So for me, the goal is as long as I'm not hurting myself, I'm healthy. Yeah. You get know what I'm saying? We yeah. all got to find our 
you know, and and you gotta you gotta know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta know I, yourself. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm very thankful you got to come on through yeah. the through the hoop wall. Awesome. Um, air hug. Like air hug to everyone. Yes. Yeah. Air hug. So tell everyone how they can find you. Go to uh, vasavikumar.com, and uh, you can put a link somewhere. Oh yeah. Do you yep. guys put, yeah. Yep. Va- just vasavikumar.com. That's my name, and we're on Instagram. It's higher vasavi. Quick story. Higher self, higher power. I had to learn how to tap into my higher Vasavi. So it's H I G H E R. Vasavi. It's also play on words like hire me. H I R E. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> higher Vasavi. And uh, yeah, just, there's only one Vasavi Kumar, I think. Yeah, that's so right. That is true. There is only one. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's right. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. y'all. Thank <laughs> you guys. Thanks for having me.